Hello, welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or, 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 or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable because today we are going to be reading some of the postcards that I just finally got around to writing on um, reflecting on my time abroad. I know, I know, you're probably tired of me talking about my time abroad. But one thing about me, I'm going to run that experience into the ground. Like I'm never going to not stop talking about it because it was a really big part of my life. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into today's podcast. But before we get into today's podcast, I have a lot to say that's on my mind. It's really not even that much. There's only two things that came to mind that I just want to verbalize and they're not really um, related to what we're talking about today. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is how resourceful I can be forward slash how, um, how, how quickly I think on my toes and how innovative I am, I guess I want to say. I'm looking for another word that starts with an E. It's not inventive and it's not, I think it's just effective in how I get things done. I think that's what I'm trying to say, but I couldn't find one word to express that phrase of effective and how efficient, maybe that's the word that I'm looking for, efficient, efficient. Maybe. I don't know. But what I want to say is that I find that I can be very efficient at times with how I get things done. So when I started this podcast, the reason why that came to my mind is because I kind of noticed this habit that I have gotten into with how I do my podcast. Um, and I remembered why I started to do what I do. So let me tell you what I do and then I'll tell you why I do it and then I'll tell you why it's effective. So what I do is, is I do my intros first and I record that and then I stop recording Um, I let that upload and then I come back with a separate recording and then I basically do the body of the podcast. And the reason why I do it like that is because I used to put intro music at the beginning of my podcast. And because I don't have like a like a concrete intro that I just reuse every single time I do um, an episode it's more so live time, depending on whatever I'm going to be talking about that day is not generic because it's not that. I have to basically add music to each episode that I create. And I found when I first started doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go in, I have to edit listen back to it, find where I said the intro and where the intro stopped, basically split that, cut that, separate that, and then go ahead and put audio on that separate piece of audio. Because if I tried to add my intro music on just the podcast that I would do, um, it would be intro music behind the whole entire podcast. And I didn't want that. I just wanted intro music at the intro. So I was like, why am I wasting time? This takes so much time after I, um, this takes up so much time after I end up recording because I have to basically do editing. Why don't I just make the clip separate while I'm at it so I don't have to go back and separate the clips you know what I mean I need I know I need two separate clips why don't I just record in two separate clips so that all I have to do is go to that little intro recording put the music on it and I don't have to worry about the music being in in the back of the whole entire podcast I know effective innovative efficient 
is what I'm trying to say. And then the other thing that came to mind is that I'm currently waiting for um, a COVID test to get done um, because I've been like working with so many people in environments where like, you know, I was helping my best friend with her open house yesterday and like three of the teachers that are in her unit were exposed to COVID. So and I'm about to go hang out with some friends. So I just want to be safe and make sure that, you know, I can at least take this COVID test. You know, I'm not really sure if it's that going to be accurate, but at least I'm taking those extra precautions. So I say that to say that I'm currently waiting for the results to come back. It's sitting over there and I have to wait for 15 minutes. So at some point, this is going to probably cut off in the middle of me talking. And that's because I have a timer set. So those are the two things that were on my mind. But those are not the two things that we are supposed to be talking about today. We were supposed to be talking about the postcards that I that I got while I was abroad and um what I wrote on the back of them so let's just kind of like back up and start from the beginning as if we were just meeting and you don't know anything about anything so basically while I was studying abroad um one of my friends she had this bucket list um, item on her list where she was like, I really want to collect magnets. No, she said she really wanted to connect, collect stickers from each of the places that we visited, each of the cities that we visited while we were in Italy. I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I love the idea of like collecting something that you can kind of bring home and be like, oh, like this is where I got this from. This is where I got that from. Hers, over the course of us being abroad, she ended up collecting magnets because she couldn't find stickers everywhere to kind of like put on a laptop or a hydro flask. So she just started to collect magnets. And I was like, I want to do that too, but I don't really want to collect magnets. And so basically... I from our first trip that we took to Pisa I ended up getting a postcard and at the when I first got it I wasn't really thinking about it being my thing I was just like oh I'm just gonna get this because it's one euro I'll just like give it to somebody at home or whatever like that and so from there Hilda was like oh you should start collecting postcards that'll be your thing and I was like yeah you're right I should is very simple, it's cheap, it's inexpensive, and also they have really cute watercolor um, postcards that look better than the picture, glossy picture po- postcards that you normally see. These are actually really cute, really aesthetically pleasing, and again, it's fairly cheap to collect. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that, no problem, and it'll be a cool um, way to commemorate my experience. So I've had these cards for like, I don't know, going on two months now because I got back in June and all of July July has passed and I still have not written on the back of these these cards and I knew that I wanted to write on the back of these cards so that I can put them in my scrapbook and then keep them forever and let my grandkids and my kids see it and whatever whatever however and I just finally got around to doing that today so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna read what I wrote on the back of them I didn't really know what I was going to write on the back of these I didn't really know how people write on postcards I didn't really know what I was doing 
I just started writing and I happened to get into this flow and I really like this style of writing where I basically personified each of the cities that I visited or the country that I visited. So it was as if I was writing to that city or writing to that country. And I really like that way of expressing myself and documenting my time abroad. And that's what basically led me to want to document this on a podcast because I'm like, these these are nice in my opinion like I like what I did here in my opinion so that's what we're going to do today I'm gonna kind of try to like do it maybe in order of how I did it I know I did Florence first then from there I did Rome so Florence Rome then from there I believe I did Venezia then I did Montoroso and then I did Pisa And then I did Italy last. So that's how we are going to go in order of how I did it. So the first one is a postcard of Florence. And it has the, it basically has a watercoloring of the Duomo, as well as the Baptistry and the Angelos Tower. And so let's go ahead and read what I wrote here. This one is very short, sweet, simple, because this is my first one. I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was the start of something beautiful that I will basically do for forever now. Whenever I travel to a new place, I'm going to collect a postcard. And when I get back, I'm going to personify whatever place I visited. And I'm going to write about my experience as if I was speaking to that city, as if it was a person. But anyways, let's get into the first what do you call it? I'm so all over the place. I feel really jittery. Anyways, so I said, Florence, the place that I once called my home, or let me start over. Florence, the place that was once my home for an entire month during summer 2022. Thank you for being so good to me. You make me want to come back. See how short and sweet, but just that last part when I said, thank you for being so good to me. You make me want to come back. That was the start of something beautiful, something great. And then I basically labeled the little uh, illustrations on the back. And I was like, the one and only Duel Duel, a.k.a. the Duomo. Then I labeled Giotto's Tower and the Baptistry and then the Ponte Vecchio and whatever, however. So that was the start. And I told Florence, like, thank you for being so good to me. You make me want to come back. It is true. Like when I think about Florence, I I feel like it's a third home. I've only been able to call three countries home. Um, obviously, you at the USA, 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 red, white, and blue. That's my first home. Obviously, the second place that I've called home has been St. Martin because I have family there and I really love the island. And then I'm happy to say that I can call Florence home too. Like I know anytime I think about Florence or I visit back, I think of it in the light of like that is a home for me because it was a place where I was able to stay and I felt comfortable and I felt safe and I felt, you know, myself. And that's why I really, really like Florence. And it really was a, it really was good to me. I had great experiences in Florence. There were some, you know, experiences that I had that I talk about and that, you know, but it was a part of the development. It was a part of the journey. It wasn't something that was super traumatic or traumatizing to me to the fact that I wouldn't want to ever go back. And that's a, a red, that's a green flag in my book. If I'm able to look back at a place and be like, I would want to come back, you know? So until 
it's not that, I will want to come back. So moving on to the next one, it is a watercolor of the Trevi Fountain that's located in Rome or Roma. So this is where I really started to kind of get into my bag with personifying these cities. So I said, where do I start with you, Rome? I hate you and I love you, but I think I didn't give you time. There wasn't enough time to fall in love with you. You must forgive me. Maybe one day I'll give you another chance. Who knows? Maybe you'll charm me out my pants. But you must know, Rome, you were so hot you made me cold. You remind me of my days and Cuba. That's an inside joke. You were you were far <laughs> you were far and you were wide. You made me question why. Why did I ever leave the plains of Florence? I complained. And Trevi, you were beautiful but packed, and that's why the cars are stacked against you. Until next time or never, Rome Chow. <laughs> Girl, the little, what's to call it? I finished just in time because the little um, alarm went off. So let's go ahead and check. Okay, so it is negative. Because if it's a C, it's negative. Now let's hope that that's the truth. And I'm going to believe it as the truth. I'm going to just take it for what I see. But yeah, it says if it's C, then it's negative. I don't see any other stripes, so... We're good. That makes me feel comfortable with going out tonight. Just like not putting people in danger. I'm still going to wear my mask and everything like that. Just to be safe and precautious. But you know, I just wanted to have that. But back to Rome. I like this. I like it because it depicts a, a love-hate relationship. As I said, I truly do have a love-hate relationship with Rome. It's like... I didn't like Rome, but I wanted to love it so much because everybody else has romanticized Rome. And I'm like, well, is it me? Like, did I not give you enough time to really show me what you could be? And I'm like, maybe it, it was the, the fact that it was like the timing. Like, I only spent two days in Rome. And like I said in my Rome recap video, you cannot comfortably explore that city and do all the things that there is to do in that city, like all the main things in two days. You just, we did it, but we barely did it. We could we didn't do it comfortably. And so I feel like time was a big factor that played into my relationship with Rome and why I look back on Rome with so much like conflicting feelings. Because again, it's like, I hate you, but I want to love you so much. And then I just kind of got playful and artful with stuff. Like, um, maybe one day I'll give you another chance. Maybe one day you'll try me out my pants. Obviously, but still that's cute. It's like, it's cheeky and funny the way that I wrote that. I um, mean, and then that line about me saying, Rome, you were so hot, you made me cold. Basically, what I mean with that is that Rome was so hot. I, I, uh, all of the cities were hot, but Rome, when I think about Rome, it felt like I was in a rotisserie oven. It was so hot that we were all so irritated and irritable that we just kind of became cold at times towards each other. And so that's what I meant when I said, Rome, you were so hot, you made me cold. Um, and then after that, that other line that was like the inside joke, you remind, you remind me of my days in Cuba. I've never been to Cuba, but my roommate's parents are from Cuba and when they went to Rome they were like oh my gosh it feels like I'm in Cuba again I hate it I don't like it it's dirty it's filthy it feels like I'm back in Cuba and so because of that like when we were in Rome that's like an ongoing joke that we will all say it feels like I'm in Cuba again so yeah Rome Rome 
Rome. Until next time or never. Because when we left Rome, I was like, I do not want to go back. I was like, I don't want to come back here. And I remember it's like this famous tradition that you do when you visit the Trevi Fountain, you're supposed to take a euro or a coin of some sort and throw it over your back into the fountain. And that's supposed to be so that you can return to Rome. And we didn't do it because it was packed. So I couldn't even think about like doing anything except for getting my photos and then squeezing myself back from out the crowd. But when we were on the sidelines, we were like, oh, dang, we didn't do the coins. And then they're like, do you really want to go back and do it? And I was like, if I were not with the group, I would have went back and done it. But at the same time, because we were in the heat of the moment, I was like, nah, at this point, I don't even want to come back. It's, It's giving too much. So yeah, that's that. It is about to pour down raining and I have to leave at three. Anyways, the next thing uh, or the next postcard that I got was from Venice. It's this watercolor of a canal in Venice. It's so cute. So let's go ahead and read what I wrote about Venice. Oh, Venezia, how I love you so much. Oh, how I long to be with you again. You were charming. You were quaint. You made me feel calm and safe. Oh, Venezia, how I miss you. Oh, how I wish to get lost with you again, to wander your streets again. Your food was amazing. Your spritz were to devour. Overall, you showed me a good time. Um, And I can say without a doubt, I would love to see you again. Until next time, Venezia, Lord willing. And so with that being said, you can tell who my favorite. Venezia, that's my girl right there. I literally love, I loved Venice. It was such a cool vibe. Heavy on the slow living. Heavy on the just like walk through the canals. Get lost. Get on a little gondolier. Just chill. Do your thing. Like, I, I love Venice for that vibe of just like, we're just there. We're just living. There's no clock. There's no time. There's nothing to do. We're just existing in the moment. That's what I think of when I think of Venice. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Monteroso. So it's a watercolor painting of Monteroso. Um, and this is what I wrote about Monteroso. Monteroso, I want to get to know you and your friends better. Normally, I'm not for the mandem, but for the big five, I will be. LOL, I'm just playing. But it's true. I would love to come back and stay a little longer just so I can see what's really good. Your beaches are a bit too rocky for me or for my liking, but I'll let it slide since you have a bit of charm that keeps me captured. When I think of you, I think of tranquility and vibes, and I hope to experience that one day again with you. That's it. Short and sweet. I liked Monteroso. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just liked it. It was a cool time. And to talk about that line a little bit closer when I said, Monteroso, I want to get to know you and your friends better. I'm talking about the other islands that Monteroso is a part of. So Monteroso is a part of this string of coastline islands. Um, And it's known as the Cinque Terre, which means five territories probably or something like that five islands and so when I was talking about friends whenever I go back to Italy if I am near Monteroso I will want to go to Monteroso and all of the other islands that are in that string together um so yeah now we have Pisa this is a um, a watercolor painting of Pisa and a little little bit of the cathedral the Pisa cathedral that's right next to Pisa 
And so here is what I wrote about Pisa. Pisa, you are like a one night stand, but without the sex. You are like a middle or high school ex. A blast from the past, if you will. A great time, but would never stay for a long time, if you know what I mean. But even with that being said, I respect you deeply because you gave me an experience of the life of a lifetime. I will forever look back on my time with you and feel nothing but fondness. You were an important part of my journey and personal development. You were my first, now that I think about it. And because of this, I will for you will for all excuse me. You will always have a special place in my heart. That's to Pisa. I like this one a lot because it really did give me a realization that Pisa was the first place that I traveled. When I got to Florence on our first weekend there, we weren't even in Florence for a full 48 hours before we left for Pisa. And so that was the start of it all. That really set the tone for the rest of my trip. And like I always say, I personally would not stay in Pisa longer than one day. You know what I mean? In one night, because there's really nothing else to do, nothing else to see. Obviously, if you're interested in really getting immersed in Pisa culture and the locals and like, you know, their way of life, then yes, there is much to do. But as as far as we're talking about like main attractions, main, you know, sites to see, you come for the Leaning Tower of Pisa and that little cathedral and you leave. And so that's why I was like, you know, like it's kind of giving a one night stand. Like you don't really start a relationship, you know, with with Pisa. You don't stay long term. You know what I mean? It's like when I think of Pisa, I think of like that middle school or high school ex. Like you think of it, it's like, oh yeah, that's my past. I would never really go back. Like when you think about it, would you date your middle school ex again? Like, no, most of us wouldn't like look back and be like, oh yeah, like that's something that I want to relive again. It's like you just remember it for the time that it was there. Like that was the time. Now we're here. We're not going to go back in time. You know what I mean it's like a blast from the past like we here for a good time but not a long time that's what I feel like when I think of Pisa and when I got towards the end of writing this it really dawned on me that Pisa was my first when it comes to like travel in Italy and first for like solo travel Pisa was the first place that I traveled by myself, separate from my family, separate from my parents, separate from my professors and a large group of classmates. Like Pisa was the first trip that we booked that it was just me and my friend Hilda and two other travel buddies. And we were like, we're going to go to Pisa. We have never traveled throughout Europe ever. We're by ourselves. We don't know what we're doing, but we're just figuring it out. And so for that, I do. I love pizza for that reason and it, it will forever be in my heart because of that so yeah big ups to pizza would I go back only if I needed to go back to experience it with someone else that hasn't experienced pizza before that's the only reason why I would go back other than that I don't see myself like going again you know um and then the last uh postcard that I have is just a postcard kind of wrapping up all of the places that I went to. I did not get one from Milan. I did not get one from Milan, I don't think. Um, which I probably should have because that's the one that I'm missing. 
Oh, no. Yeah, no, I didn't get one from Milan. That's sad. Or at least I have one, but I didn't keep it for myself. I don't know. But anyways, this last postcard that I have is a watercolor, and it just kind of um, has... A huge montage of all of the places that I've been. So it has the Milano Duomo. It has the Duomo from Como City, say Florence. It has the St. Mark's um, Bridge or something like that, I think it is, from Venice. And then it has like the little gondola and canals from Venice. And it has the Colosseum and the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So these are literally all of the places that I can say that I have been with my own two eyes. And so um, here's what I wrote about. Italy in general. I said, Italy, I like you a lot. You played a major role in the development of the Camaria I am today. You helped me explore and expand my horizons and expectations of life. I met you when I was 20 and I think I'll forever think about you or I think I'll think about you for years to come, forever even. I'm so grateful to God that I got to meet you and see you in the flesh. Tell Conad I said hi. I love Conad. I miss Conad so much. Conad was a constant too. In almost every city that we traveled to, we were like, we need to find a Conad. Where is the Conad? The Conad was like the beacon of light everywhere we went. It was like a familiar. The Conad and the pharmacy green crosses. Those two right there were beacons of lights for real. And then obviously the Duomo, but that was more specifically for when we were in Florence. Anytime I would like get lost for a second, I would look to the Duomo and I'm like, as long as I can get to the Duomo, I can get home. As long as I can get to the Duomo, I can get home. And so, yeah. Those are the things that I wrote about the places that I went. And I can't wait to add to the collection because Lord willing, <laughs> excuse me, I hope to travel more and more and more. And so with that being said, that concludes the end of this podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Ciao.